Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. I'll just tweet this real quick. All right. That was a season, though, wasn't it? As uh, disappointing as this game in this series was. Quite a season. Quite a ridiculous season. All right, let's bring up the box score and get started. God damn it. How you blow a 4-2 lead? When to give up? One, two, three, four, five. Five unanswered? Wow. Okay, let's get started. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Yep, season's over. <laughs> I'm Bill Match, director of Fun and Games for the evening. Um, we're here with the Broad Street Hockey Radio Facebook Live postgame, our last postgame of the season. Flyers go down today, eight to five. They held a one uh, nothing and four to two lead in the game. Uh, ended up giving up five unanswered goals at one point. Lose eight to five and get sent home. The season is over, and now we uh, well now it begins is one of the most critical postseasons uh, in the history of this organization. It is clear um, that there are a lot of positives. They have built up a good base. Uh, they have a core of veteran talent that is still performing at a high level for them. And they have uh, built up a very strong uh, group of young players, veteran uh, draft picks and uh, you know, guys they've scouted and brought in that it looks like can help them get to the next level. But it's going to be about now filling the holes and identifying what your weaknesses are and as that series showed, there are lots and lots of weaknesses. Um, handling the puck in their own zone, breaking out the, the defensive turnovers, just one after the other, just insane. The blown coverages uh, on the, not the Crosby goal. I guess it was the second goal. Yeah, the Haglin goal. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's alone in front there, three flyers below the goal line. That's just... That can't happen. Uh, you know, man, the defensive zone coverage just just terrible this series, and it's something that they actually didn't do all that poorly this year. Um, but the inability to break out just absolutely destroyed them. Um, you know, this game was what it was. You know, it was exciting. They came out hard. The build, building was good and loud, and the Penguins just kind of took over. Um, yeah, we can we can blame the refs, and there were some missed calls. Absolutely, there's some egregious stuff that went on, but that's just going to happen. You have to be able to overcome these things. It's the refs didn't blow a four to two lead. The refs didn't allow five unanswered goals. The refs didn't tell Radko Gudis just start passing to the other team. Like these are things that the Flyers can control and didn't. Uh, absolutely, you know, you see Giroux get cross checked in the back, no call right in front of a ref. You see. Connect me, get punched five times, and there's no call until he jabs the guy with his stick. You see, you know, the Couturier get tripped, and it leads to, what, the sixth goal? Um, right there, boom. It resulted in a goal. Yes, these things are frustrating, and, yeah, you'd like to see officiating just be better. Just hasn't been very good this series. Um, a lot of just – a lot of missed calls, a lot of makeup calls, I feel like um, – uh, lots of uh, the Jake Voracek play uh, off the face off to begin the third, maybe um, second or third period. He just punched a guy in the face. Like I, I get it. 
I'm fine with it the way things are getting let go. You know, the Flyers got to punch back, but like just so many bad calls. That's not the reason the Flyers lost today. Flyers lost today because they couldn't score on a power play. Um, What were they, 0 for 21 at home on the power play? That's not good enough. 0 for 3 today. You got Claude Giroux, you got Shane Gossesbury, you got Nolan Patrick, Sean Couturier, Jake Voracek. You need to score on the power play. There's no other – that's all there is to it. You just need to get a goal, and they didn't come through in those situations. Um, Lots of us are going to be frustrated. Lots of us are going to be disappointed the way the series, the way this game played out. But I'm trying to look at what I thought this season was to begin with and what it ended up being. And, um, you know, Ivan Provorov played 30 minutes in a, in game five. What did he play? You know, he learned what playoff hockey is all about. Uh, clearly dealing with something, only played 20-31 today. Shane Gossespierre actually led the way with 23-02, but, of course, five and a half of those were on the power play. Um, yeah, Robert Haig, under 12 minutes, not great. Let's see. 1935 for Gudis, 1847 for Manning, 1933 for McDonald. So, um, you know, we have the we have a base of what could be a decent defense, but uh, clearly there are still some holes that need to be filled there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, Claude Giroux, an assist, minus three. Val Philpola, no points, minus four. Jake, no points, minus two with uh, – with the penalty he took as well. So I just not enough out of, out of everybody today. Um, you know, did Wayne Simmons have a goal in this series? I don't believe he did. That's not good enough. Uh, just a lot of guys didn't come through and we're going to be frustrated. And there's a lot of people who are going to want to blame the coach and the coach is absolutely not without blame. Um, especially the way this series started to go. I mean, you just needed to get your kids the ice time and see if they could do it for you. Um, he decided to go the other way. He decided that, you know, Gudis and Manning were guys he needed to play. He decided Dale Weiss was somebody who uh, suddenly needed some time. Um, there's a there's a lot of blame to be put on the coach, but at the end of the day, players on the ice didn't get it done. That said, we were all expecting this, right? The Pittsburgh Penguins are better. Um, I mean, they just absolutely dominated the Flyers in the – in their wins, uh, the scores were absolutely insane. What did they end up with 16 or 18 goals in the three home games the Penguins played in Philly? Um, you know, absolute offensive domination. Just could not stop them. They buried every chance uh, in Philly. But again, take a step back, look at what this season is supposed to be, look at what, you know, we're not going to be pissed about. Um, in a few days, Nolan Patrick. All right, we got Nolan Patrick. This kid's going to be really something special here. Um, Travis Konechny. If there was anybody built for postseason hockey, it's Travis Konechny. Sean Couturier, we uh, we wondered all year, is it Coots? Is he really – is this what he's turning into? Or is Giroux kind of pulling him along? Is Giroux kind of all the way back and, uh, you know – He's the MVP caliber player. He's kind of pulling Couturier along. You split the two of them up. Look at what Couture, look at what happened for Couturier. Look at what happened for Giroux. Um, Coots is absolutely this good, and it's awesome. Uh, that's that's a great thing. So, lots of negatives, absolutely, but there are still some positives, and we'll have more of a season wrap on BSH Radio. Uh, we're recording tomorrow. Yes, today is Sunday. Tomorrow is Monday. So we're recording tomorrow night, our normal night. Uh, I'm just going to do this post game here with you. And that's really all I have, guys. I mean, yes, I'm disappointed in the outcome today. I'm disappointed in the second half game, uh, the second half of the game the Flyers played today. Um, idiot fans throwing shit again, but whatever, you know. It happens, but because we're Philly, it, it happens here, and it's going to be a goddamn story. I just... You spent all that money on a ticket, and then you paid the 12 bucks for a beer, and you launched your beer? What's the matter with you, idiot? Drink it. But that's neither here nor there at this point. All right, let's get to your stuff. Let's see what you're all saying. I will uh, hang with you. This is our last post game of the season. I'm sure we'll do off-season Q&As or something, but I'm going to hang with you for a little while. Bill, your hat is cool. Thank you, Chris. I hope Manning won't be back. Um... I like uh, 
I don't want Manning back. Absolutely not. He he can't possibly be re-signed. Uh, at this point, though, I like Manning more than Gutis, um, used in the right role, uh, because I think Manning isn't terrible with the puck on his stick. Uh, at least he has one redeemable quality. If Gutis isn't going to be that nasty physical presence, and he's not going to have you know any sort of D zone coverage, and his shot just continues to not go in, um, what's he doing for you? If all he does is turn the puck over now. Um, Again, don't want Manning back. Um, really, really want to see Sam Moran step up and take Gudis' spot there. Would love to see Gudis moved. Uh, McDonald will probably be back. I can't imagine um, anything going on with him. So that's kind of what you're looking at there is um, Ghost and Provorov, Sanheim, McDonald. And um, we'll see what happens. You know, Oduya obviously won't be back. Um you have Haig. You know, I, I didn't I wasn't crazy about Haig this year, but I thought it was a good first rookie season. Um if this is just what Haig is, fine as a sixth. Uh we'll we'll have to wait and see. I do believe you know if they're able to move some things around this offseason, they need to bring in a viable, you know, veteran top four defenseman. Uh, I know we all want to see the kids and everything, but looking at ways this offseason could go. This team isn't that far. Um, they need to make big moves. Uh, like, obviously, they need a netminder. They probably need a third center. Um, but if they just fill a couple of holes, and granted, they're they're big holes, but if they just fill a couple, this team could be very good very, um, a lot sooner than all the, oh, we're on this, you know, we're always two years away from being two years away. I honestly don't think that. I think you have a real opportunity to turn the corner this summer and, uh, the 2018-19 and 2019-20 seasons are um, seasons in which this team could absolutely contend. Gudis needs gone. That was an atrocious game today. I, I have been a Radko def- a Radko Gudis defender uh, basically since since he suited up for the Flyers when he came over in that uh, Coburn trade. He was hurt, and then. Um, started the next season with the Flyers, and I, I've liked him ever since I first laid eyes on him. I've really enjoyed him, uh, his time here, but it just seems like he's lost at the at the moment. He just, my God, his two turnovers that led directly to goals today were, it was some of the worst puck handling I've ever seen. If you had told me that he was taking money from the Penguins, I would have said, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because it's the only, it's the only, like, just do anything other than what you did there. Oh my God. Flyers should take a look at San Jose goalie Aaron Dell. I'll be very surprised if they don't, um, if they don't address their goalie situation in house. They just have so many goalies under contract. Um, obviously, Peter Morozik's probably going to be let to uh, let to hit uh, the free agent market. You have Elliot and Neuvert both under contract. Uh, Stolars and Lyon are both restricted free agents. Sandstrom can either play in the NHL or Sweden next year. So there's always that outside chance that Sandstrom like wins the job as a backup or something. Maybe it's him and Elliot. Um, or, of course, Carter Hart could blow everyone away in training camp and be the opening night netminder like uh, like Bob and uh, – what was that, 2010, 2011? Yeah, 2010-11. So, um, you know, anything's possible with this goalie situation. And who knows, after the Penguins maybe, you know, bounce the Caps for a third straight year, even if the Caps blow it to the Blue Jackets, uh, maybe all of a sudden Braden Holpe becomes available and he's got two years left on his contract and he's maybe the perfect fit for the Flyers. Who knows, there's all sorts of... uh, there's all sorts of crazy things we can get into with the uh, you know different with the different options the Flyers have this off season. Uh, I'm sure we'll cover that all summer on BSH Radio. Um, so uh, you know, once I get Charlie and Kelly and Steph to be able to chime in, we can kind of throw more ideas at each other that way. Um, but they definitely need a solution. Uh, they definitely need to figure something out in net because what they did this year. Um, and they got decent goaltending for a lot of the season, but when they needed it most, goaltending really killed them. Um, 
I would like to. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how how the goalie situation plays out because even Neuvert for again, you know, gets the call to be the playoff hero, um, has the one great game, but how can you count on a guy who can't play 30 games? He can't play 30 games, so I I, I don't know how you count on him. Brian Elliott clearly injured, um, clearly still injured when he came back, just was not his self. Um, slow, lot, none of that, none of that good floppiness that he had a lot of the year. So maybe, uh, you know, after the off season, he'll get back to form, but the guy's 33, 32, 33 years old. I mean, how much longer can you really expect Brian Elliott to be your number one and then have a backup in Neuvert who, you know, is constantly hurt. Um, it, I don't know what the solution is in net, but they need to figure it out because it's, that's a big problem for them. If I hear one person criticize Coots all all off season or doubt he's a star, uh, yeah, no, that's hey man. One great thing we got out of this is I, that's if they had just won today, even if you lose Game Seven, you know, you lose Game Seven to because you're in Pittsburgh and they're the back to back Cup champs. I, I can live with that, but the single handedly the performance Couturier put on today, like his team deserved to win. Um, and just nobody else could get anything done except for him. Uh, and just the way it goes. But, hey, you know, Couturier was like primo today. You know, he, he had that kind of uh, that kind of playoff performance. And it's it's really cool to see. And it's something I'm, I'm hoping that's what we can bank on going forward. Because, again, all year I was thinking, is Couturier really this good? You know, and now I'm wondering, is Giroux as a – as you know, I've been calling him the MVP for a couple of weeks now. Um, is he really back, or did he just benefit? Either way, it was a great duo all season, and if they continue to play together the way they did, it doesn't matter. But seeing what they were both, what they both were, split up is all right. All right, let's see where this goes. But together, really, uh, really like the way they played all year. If the youth movement begins now, has Haxtell shown an, avil- an ability to develop talent? He benched Konechny when he was the only source of energy before Patrick emerged, kept Sanheim. I, I mean, look at all the rookies that played and got better for Haxtell this year and all the young second-year players who played. And, I mean, he put Konechny up on the top line when Konechny had 10 points in the first 35 games. He had four goals, you know, in the first 35 games of the season, and he said, you know what, I see it. I'm going to put him with Giroux and Couturier and see how it goes. And it worked. It worked really well. Uh, when Patrick was just giving this team absolutely nothing for the first half of the season, it would have been easy for him to go back to uh, go back to last year's philosophy and just say, hey, you know, you're a big part of the future, but we're going to bench you a couple games. Um he didn't do that. He stuck with Nolan Patrick. And then when Patrick started to show some signs of life, he gave Patrick some really good line mates. And then uh, and they were kind of off and running. So really interested to see how that how Patrick continues to progress. But I have to credit Dave Haxtell with that. Yes, Nolan Patrick was the second overall pick. He was the consensus number one for a year. He probably just is this good. I'm just saying I credit the coach because we often talk about, like the Sandheim situation, his mismanagement of players. Um, that one he managed very well. Um, the Sandheim stuff was frustrating. Uh, it getting you know up until you know today. You know, you know you have Gudis and Manning out there effing the dog, and you know, Sandheim sitting up in the press box like I bet he wouldn't have turned those pucks over. But I expect Sandheim his sophomore season to be a lot like Konechny's in that all the BS is behind him. And now you're just, you know, clearly one of our better players. Uh, Hackstall clearly just has something, something about young guys that he just does not trust them. And I don't believe it to be unique to him. I think most coaches around the league don't have a ton of trust um, in youngish players like that, but he just really needed to put it in those guys' hands earlier than he did. But, again, I expect Sanheim to get treated um, much differently in his second year. You know, Robert Haig played all year. Um, so I, I think the youth movement already began. There aren't – it's not like there were a ton of guys with the Phantoms um, 
who absolutely needed to be up on this team uh, when you could have made that case in years past. Um, well, they do need to do a better job of integrating the younger guys. Uh, but I don't think it was as bad as people think it was this year. They gave a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of ice time to a lot of young guys and it worked out. Selkie for Coots. I would love to see it. I would, uh, I would absolutely love to see Couturier win the Selkie. I have a feeling it's going to be one of the other two. I just feel like, um, you know, Kopitar or Bergeron are uh, just kind of the bigger names and you just know them and you, they are the best defensive forwards. Like, it's just going to kind of come down to that. But Couturier absolutely deserves uh, his nomination, whether he wins it or not, just to finally get the recognition as, yes, he is one of those guys. It's so funny to me that he had to start scoring to where, to win the defensive forward award. Um, but, you know, that's the NHL. How about two for 21 power play conversion? What do you think? Coaching problem or a team that never wants to shoot problem? Um, I Shot selection more than not wanting to shoot is an issue for me because this team, this team scores by making extra passes. It's what they do. Uh, they go cross ice. They go uh, give and goes. They go back and forth, play pitch and catch with the point in Giroux. Uh, this team scores by making the extra pass it just seems to me they so often elect for the wrong shot like uh it was at the end i think uh when they had the goalie pulled it's or no it was the four on three i believe i think it was the four on three power play when Giroux gets the puck um you know near the hash marks kind of just skates it to the middle of the ice and kind of just floats one into the middle like, rip the shot or hold it and wait for something better. Uh, they just uh, – so many shots got blocked. I feel like Gostas Bear was uh, really, really frustrated by the amount of uh, shots he had blocked this series. Um, I think shot selection more than – they do sometimes overpass. But I think more often than not, um, it's shot selection more than not shooting. Um, you know. If they just chose the right shot when two were open before them and then they just take the desperation shot later, it's that's bad shot selection. Um, I like the way their offense runs a lot of the time when they do get the puck down low and they get in on the cycle or they're, um, they're able to move it around and get the goalie moving because that's the only way to score on goalies these days is one-timers, deflections, make them move side to side. They're all huge and they're all super athletic. So... The overpassing stuff is frustrating at times, but it does work for them. Can't wait to see who has been injured for the last two weeks and played anyway. Simmons should be traded at the draft. Um, depends on what you can get for Simmons. I've said that all year. Um, there's always injuries. Everyone's hurt. It's an 82-game season, and then you come into the playoffs where they just don't call penalties, and you're allowed to cross-check and punch each other. Uh, everyone's hurt at this time of year. It's just about getting through it. Yeah, you know, it is like Couturier clearly something the matter with him, but he played he played like a badass uh, to get through it these last two games. Provorov, you know, clearly something the matter with him, but again, toughed it out. I'm sure we'll be hearing all about all sorts of injuries uh, as we do after every playoff series ends. Does Lappy get fired? Please say yes. I don't see how he doesn't because the penalty kill is just dreadful. It is just absolutely dreadful. They tried blaming it on the goalies for a couple of years, and now they have different goalies, and it's still just as bad. It's The penalty kill is an absolute issue. Something has to change. They've had all sorts of different personnel. They've had different goalies. They've tried all sorts of different uh, – they just – look, Lappy just isn't the guy. He just isn't the guy for this job, and, uh, you know – and LaPerriere, a 10-year NHL career, and the dude's a warrior, and I, I don't want to see anyone get fired, but he is not getting it done. I would like to see an entire new coaching staff, but since, listen, if Hackstall gets fired, I am going to be happy, but I am going to be incredibly shocked. Um, I don't see it happening. And so the 
the scapegoat route could be, oh man, penalty kill just killed us, you know. Le Perrier, he's moving on to other ventures, or he's now the head of player development, or some shit like that. Um, I can see that happening with Le Perrier. Uh, Jeru's monster hit was on Haglin, I believe. Jeru's hit knocked Haglin out of the game, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, Haglin only played 744. I'm pretty sure it was him. Yeah, that was a crazy hit. Um, it was a it was a really entertaining game, and then uh, the Penguins just kind of took over. That was um, that was some good fun playoff hockey, and then the Penguins did what they do. This is there's a reason they've won nine straight playoff series. They are this good. Flyers had a ton of self inflicted wounds, of course. Um, you know, didn't help themselves in any way uh, for a lot of this game, but. The Penguins, to their credit, took advantage of every opportunity. They just buried every chance today. Bill, since firing Hack is probably not in the cards, will they make changes to coaching staff at the very least? I just, yeah. Uh, I assume LaPerriere can't possibly be back. I just don't see how they can do it. But this team continues to amaze me in their, in their decision-making, so who knows. Coots played the last two games with the torn MCL. Is that is that confirmed? Is that like something? Uh, it looked the collision looked like something like that. Um, four minutes ago, Flyers Couturier played with torn knee. Uh, played with a Sean revealed Sunday after being eliminated from the playoffs that he played with a torn MCL, according to Dave Isaac of the Courier Post. So wow, yeah, that's uh, that's nuts to play the game he played today on the torn MCL. Um, I'm sure, I guess they just braced it and said, you know, go get him, kid. And that's probably you know you wonder why they have him on the third line. They're trying to limit his exposure, um, but that's that's a hell of an effort. <laughs> that's a hell of an effort. Fourteen. Uh, thank you, thank you for going out there and being one of the few guys who actually seem to give a shit. Uh, thanks. All the UFAs should be gone, Latera, Reed, and Manning, and I think they'll trade Gudis and Simmons. Uh, I agree, John. I think all those things are possible. I think the UFAs are definitely gone, and I include Morozik in that as well. I know um, he's just a restricted free agent, but they're not – I seriously doubt they offer him a qualifying offer and, you know, end up having to turn over another draft pick. Um, because they re-signed him. So I see him walking, hitting UFA. So I'll throw him in there as well. Um, trading Gudis and Simmons, I think, are absolute possibilities. I think it's definite, those things are definitely possibilities. Uh, I wonder if they do both. Just, um, you know, looking at that, how this team has been run the last couple of years, those are heavy veterans. Um, I, I, I don't know if they trade both, but um, I think either is definitely a possibility. You're letting the refs off the hook. I, listen, the ref, I said the officiating was bad. I, I just, you know, the Flyers are 0 for 3 on the power play and they turn the puck over in their own zone. That's not the referees. Do your job and everything else will fall into place. That's, you know, Claude Giroux left his feet for that hit on Haglin. You know, it is what it is. That's the NHL. There's bad officiating every single night. It was absolutely terrible tonight, but the Flyers lost because they can't hold on to the puck in their own zone. Coots confirmed he had a torn MCL. Okay. Uh, Ghost definitely shied away from contact. Ghost had a – I did not think Ghost had a very good series at all. Uh, he was just – I don't know. Um, I think he's fr he was frustrated late in the series by the amount of shots that were blocked. Um, I think early on – I don't know. I, I don't really know what the, matter, what the matter was with Ghost. I just know he didn't play well. I think Lindblom will replace Simmons. He is now expendable. I, I hope Lindblom is that good. Uh, that, that would be awesome. Um, it, Simmons is just a guy I would love to keep around. I just don't see how they can do it. I've said all along, if you could get him on a long-term deal for a very low cap hit, I'd have no problem with it. Because if he's a veteran leader on this team, 
playing third and fourth line minutes in a couple of years because they've replaced him with better players, like just because guys surpassed him, um, that would be absolutely awesome. I just don't think it's – I just don't think that's in the cards because he's going to want to get paid. He's a legit 30-goal scorer in this league and has been one of the best bargains in hockey for like five years. Uh, he's going to want to go cash in. At least the Phils swept the Pirates. Someone in Philadelphia handled Pittsburgh. Those were good games. I was at the game yesterday. I showed up right when Hoskins hit the home run in the – was it the fifth or sixth? Because everybody was watching the Sixers game. Like, when I went to get into the Phils game late, um, there was a line like it was the first inning. It was hilarious because everyone was just waiting for the Sixers game to end. Promote Lappy to Holmgren's assistant. I like I like Lappy and would like uh, him to stay in the organization, but get him off the bench. Yeah, it's something that Charlie has brought up, um, that Dave Haxtell, you know, will bench the kids, will – kind of um, be the bad cop and Le Perrier is kind of the uh, kind of, you know, the cool uncle who comes over and is nice, puts his arm around the kid and just tells him, Hey, this is what you need to get better at, but this is what you're doing well. And he kind of gets to play good cops. So I feel like that relationship with the players could carry over to some other role if he just wasn't in charge of say the penalty kill or something, but I think they need an entirely new coaching staff. Um, as I don't want LaPerriere back because that just reward, re, that's just rewarding failure. Um, they've had a terrible penalty kill for years under LaPerriere. How do you how do you justify? Oh no, he's doing a good job. No, he isn't. He's doing a bad job. Um, I wonder if his role could still be the same if he's not on the bench. Uh, if you figure out some other role for him in the organization, but he's still. Um, has contact and communicates with the players. I just wonder about that. So this offseason, Tavares or Bust? Um, hey, man, they have the money to go get Tavares. Um, it depends on... It depends on a couple of things. First of all, if, does Tavares even want to play here? You know, um... All of a sudden, if I'm a big-ticket free agent, Vegas sounds like a great place uh, to, look for a, uh, to look for a job. I mean, that's a good team. Imagine getting a couple of stars on that team. You're out in Vegas. Oh, my God. That's where I would sign. But, uh, yeah, they can go get Tavares. I don't think they have to. I don't think it's absolutely necessary to just say, oh, we need the biggest name. But the Flyers have a hole at center. He would fill that. I mean – he wouldn't fill the hole they have. Nolan Patrick would then fill the hole they have at third center, and John Tavares would be in your top six, obviously. He's John freaking Tavares. But either way, it, it, fills a, it fills a hole and gives you some really, really great center depth. Uh, clearly, Claude Giroux is a winger now. They're not going to play him at center. Um, you know, Val Philpola playing 1C in, uh, in elimination games shows you that Giroux is no longer a center. He is a left winger. So that that idea of center depth that we thought we had, we really don't. So they absolutely need to go get a center. Um, it's going to be seven years, 70 million, at least 70 million to get Tavares. So that's an, do you want to make that commitment? He's only, what, 27? So it's not like you're, you're, you're going out and getting a 30-year-old who's you're going to pay for past performance. You're still asking this guy – you're still expecting this guy, you're paying him, you know, that 10 plus mil a season to be who he's been. Uh, I would absolutely love to see it. I think it would create so much excitement. Uh, the Flyers really haven't gone out and added that big guy in a long time. I think it would be awesome. Uh, but you also have to look ahead. Eric Carlson could be hitting free agency. Drew Doughty could be hitting free agency. Have to look ahead. So it just depends. I would love to know what Hextall, what Hextall's plans are. It would be We'll see it unfold. It's going to be an interesting offseason. This is a very, very critical offseason. Uh, I am hoping that they noticed, okay, we're not far off, but the holes we have are huge holes. That's what I'm hoping that they, they took from this series. We're not as far away as maybe we thought we were at the beginning of the season, but we won't get as close as we want without going and getting a couple of guys. That's the, 
we're probably not going to be able to just do it in house. And that's fine. You have so many, you have so many prospects, you have so many young players, you have so much depth. You can go out and get players now. You can do both. It is now time to do both. That's what I'm hoping. You can continue the whole draft and develop idea. And as long as Hextall is here, he's going to value draft picks and they're going to develop young talent. And they're going to have a full farm system. And that's wonderful. Um, that's how you stay good. That's how you have the look at what's going on with the Blackhawks now. It's Oh, yeah, well, the run's over because we only have a couple of our core veterans. We traded everything away, and the run's over. We're in the last place. Um, by continuing to draft, to draft and develop and value those things, uh, you get to stay good for a long time. The other side of that is, do you know what I would do for three cups? <laughs> do you know what kind of deals I'd be willing to make to say, oh, yeah, well, the next 10 years, I don't care. World's going to end before 10 years. I want to see one cup. So there's arguments to be made on both sides. Um, I would absolutely just love to see them go out and get Tavares and say, no, we think we're this good now. We think we're ready to compete right now with our young players. We're going to, you know, strap the rock to their back and say, it's all on you kids. And we're going to give you all the, all the help you can in the form of, you know, Couturier's here. He's signed. Uh, we're going to go get Tavares. We're going to do things like that. We're going to, give Nolan Patrick what he needs to have an effective third line, all that stuff. So that's what I'm hoping for, at least. Which team in East has the best shot to defeat the Pens? Uh, they're good, man. Boston and Tampa both match them firepower-wise, so I think Boston or Tampa could beat them, though. No one wants the pens in the final. Um, I mean, no. You, a team that's won back-to-back, -back, Crosby has three cups. He's been to four finals already. Um, no, I, I can't imagine they're anybody's ideal matchup. Um, but they're beatable. I think they're a little bit more vulnerable than they've been the last couple of years. I'm tempted to pass on Tavares and go hard after Dowdy. Um, hey, I'm tempted by that too. It's just uh, how many defensemen do you need? I Drew, Drew Dowdy's amazing. I would absolutely love to get Drew Dowdy in orange and black. That would be absolutely a dream come true. Um, I just do you wait a year and then you know I'm always weary of free agents and looking ahead, especially that far because at the end of the day. Um, you get to sign for an extra year if you re-sign with your team. You know, you get to sign an eight-year contract instead of a seven if you stay where you are. So I always kind of think guys are going to stay. But Carlson and Dowdy's comments both this year were kind of, no, we're getting paid. Like, defensemen, and it's, I think they kind of owe it to all the other defensemen. Like, yeah, we, number one defensemen should absolutely be making what number one centers make. We're just as important. Our position is just as big, we and we play more. Like that's what it comes down to. It, Drew Doughty, like I said in the beginning of the of the, of the show, Ivan Provorov played thirty minutes in Game Five. That's huge. Like having the guy who plays half the game is a big deal. Um, so I think Carlson and Doughty kind of both look at it as the they have to go out and set the market as well. Like we have to go out and get that ten eleven mil um, to be the kind of to, you know, kind of set it up for who follow them. I'm rooting against Washington and Pittsburgh. Uh, I kind of, like, as much as I don't like the Pens, it would be fun to see Washington lose to them for a third year in a row. Like, do they blow it up? I'm so interested in seeing what Washington does this offseason because I've been thinking for a couple of years they're just going to do something drastic, and they never do. Um, so I, I, I just think it would be a really funny storyline if for the third year in a row they get bounced by the Penguins. Thoughts on Evander Kane? I think he'd be a great fit with either Coots or Patrick. Uh, like Evander Kane, the player, a lot. I worry a little about guys like him who have this breakout uh, contract year. 
Um, I just I I don't want him in the. I I just don't think he'd be a locker room fit. I don't. I I, I try not to think too much about that stuff, but when it's reconnect, we're reconnected. Uh, yeah, I try not to think too much about um about the locker room stuff and all that chemistry wise because the Flyers do have a strong room. Um, but he just hasn't fit in in a lot of places. And I just don't want to bring that here with all the young talent here. I just think it'll be bad news. I don't need a, you know, I don't need a Richards Carter situation where they have the talent to win a couple of cups and, um, everyone hates each other and they have to blow the thing up in three years. That's, I just don't want to create a situation like that. Rubsov, uh, yeah, Rubsov is part of a, I don't know if Rubsov is, um, like a top six forward, but I think he could be uh, an incredibly effective, you know, speedy third liner, two way player, um, who could bring a lot of, uh, who could bring stability to to any line he was on. Um, maybe like a, um, maybe like a more skilled Raffle. I'm thinking he could end up being something like that. Uh, I don't think he projects as a center to the NHL. I think they're going to play him primarily at wing when he gets up here. Um, how old is he? When was that? I, like, Rubsov is always the forgotten guy because he doesn't put up the huge numbers. Let's look him up. Rubsov, player search. Garman Rubsov. Uh, yeah. I, I, the one thing I hate about Hockey DB is it doesn't give you the totals. So 15 goals, 28 assists in the regular season. Looks like he has eight points in 11 uh, playoff games, so that's pretty good. Um, 98, so he'll be, what, 20 in June. Um, 2016, I felt, I keep thinking it was 2015. Yeah, okay. That's just like the forgotten. He's just the forgotten guy. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some, uh, to seeing him, and he'll have a chance to make the team. Absolutely. Uh, I wonder. Um, you know, he'll be, yeah, 20 in July, so he can play in the AHL. Maybe he's maybe he starts there. Uh, they have a ton of depth. They have a ton of guys who are going to be battling uh, for spots all year and next year. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. Uh, as, as pissed off as this game made me today, I just keep thinking they're going to be good. Like, I see it. We can all – we've seen these young kids. We know who we, – we know how good they might be. I was up late last night um, watching Isaac Ratcliffe highlights and just thinking, holy Christ. Like, this kid was a second-round pick. <laughs> like, he looks incredible. And, and you know, just going to be – just going to be a little while. The Flyers should sign Simmons to a cheap two- to three-year deal by draft day if they can't get it done by draft. Why would he sign a cheap two- to three-year deal? And Why would Wayne Simmons sign a cheap two- to three-year deal? He just came off of a cheap five- or six-year deal. He's not signing another short, cheap deal. He wants to go get paid. He Like, who? Yes, I'm going to take less. That's not going to happen. Sandstrom, Stolarz, and Philly next year. Um, I mean, possibilities. Anything's possible, I guess. I just don't uh, – what do you do with the two guys you have under contract? And Sandstrom can't play in the AHL. I I have trouble believing – I mean, he didn't get much of a season this year. Sandstrom, Stolarz barely got any season. They both dealt with injuries a lot and different things. So, I don't uh, – I don't know. I, I feel like two guys coming off of the years they had aren't going to all of a sudden make up the tandem in the NHL. I hate the Caps more than the Pens. I'd rather see Pens Cup than a first Washington Cup. That's true. Like, you know, how much worse can the Penguins hurt us? They've now bounced us. They've done all this. They've won two straight. They've won three already. What's a fourth? You know, how how big can Crosby really – at a certain point, you just get numb to it. But at least we have – at least we can treat Washington like the little brothers. Like, you don't – like, they can't say 1975 to us, you know? <laughs> like, at least them not having any is gives us that leg up. So, yeah, I think uh, 
I think I'd rather see Pittsburgh win than than Washington. Yeah, I don't want Trotz either, John. Uh, yeah, hasn't been out of the second round in 20 years. Yeah, I, I, I don't like Barry Trotz. What about a JVR signing? Um, I think they're good on. I I don't. I just. I don't see a spot for JVR and what they'd have to pay him. I just feel like they can get that production elsewhere. Um, looking at what they have, what they could potentially add, just through. Um, just from in house with the different prospects they have. Uh, I I just I think they could get that production from anywhere. Um, without bringing back JVR. At least our NBA team is better than Pittsburgh's. That's true. I think uh, I think Washington will wet their pants against Pittsburgh, and either Boston or Tampa Bay uh, take out Pittsburgh. That's I'm hoping Washington at least makes it. Uh, if of course they even end up beating the Blue Jackets, um, but. I'm hoping Washington at least makes it a series and kind of beats up Pittsburgh a little bit um, so that Tampa or uh, or Boston could beat them potentially. But, yeah, I, I just want to see some good hockey. Like, if Washington and Pittsburgh play a good series, that's fine with me. Um, but, Jesus, Washington, they just can't get over that second-round hump. They just win the division, win the President's Trophy, whatever, and they just can't beat the Penguins. If the Penguins keep getting all, uh, if the Penguins keep getting all this help from the guys wearing uh, the red armbands, they should easily win their third straight Stanley Cup. I mean, that's not why they're winning, though. They're winning because they're better. Hey, it's happened. Oh, the Flyers bring guys back all, all the time. I made a I made a joke about bringing back Jeff Carter the other day, and somebody like said a bunch of crazy stuff to me. And I just made a list of all the players that they and it was a joke. Like it, it was a joke about if Ed Snyder was still alive. I said they were like he wouldn't stand for this. I said no, he wouldn't. He would you know give the Sedins fifteen million each to put off retirement one more year, and then trade all of our prospects for Jeff Carter. And someone took great offense to this. So the same Jeff Carter, he okayed trading away. And then I made a list of like 15 guys I could think of offhand that he, he brought back in his tenure. Or allowed Clarkie at least to bring back in his tenure. Bill, what if Washington decides to blow the team up and wants to trade Ovechkin, what would you give up to get him? Or would you say no? I mean, I wouldn't say no to Ovechkin, but yeah, I mean, I'd give up a ton. I'd give up a ton to get Ovechkin. It just, uh, I honestly think Braden Holpe is a more likely candidate in that situation than Ovechkin would be. Uh, I don't think they would trade Ovechkin just because he makes them a ton of money. What he makes them in exposure with his 50 goal seasons, what he makes them in Jersey sales. I just think, He's worth more to them, even if they don't win with them. Um, he makes hockey relevant there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously I would try to get him, but you're looking at a significant asking price there. You're looking at a whole bunch of guys who's, uh, whose names you've heard and have wanted to see for quite a long time. Um, you know, and not every prospect works out, and the beauty of the Flyers having the deep system that they have is uh, – you can do things like that. Now, when I say things like that, I seriously doubt Alex Ovechkin is going to be made available. I'm just saying in this hypothetical, um, with all the prospects, with all the picks that they have, they have the ammo to go out and do a trade. Like if somebody in this league like that is to become available, there is nobody that can outbid the Flyers. That's that's all there is to it. Um, 
Maybe a team doesn't want to make a deal with the Flyers. Maybe a team prefers someone else's prospects or just takes a different package than the Flyers are offering. But if something like that is to come up, they can't be outbid. That's one thing we know is uh, they have all the ammo. If they want to make a deal, they absolutely can. I hope Tampa Bay wins the East only because I hate them the least. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I don't want Boston, uh, you know, I want to bury this Boston dynasty that's been going on. I, I feel like Nick Foles beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. If you haven't heard, the Eagles are Super Bowl champions still. Um, I, uh, I feel like that was the end. That was, the, that was their pinnacle. They've, they've, they are now descending. They're, uh, they're now on the downslide the whole Boston dynasty that went on from Jesus 01 until recently. Uh, so, you know, Sixers going to beat the Celtics. Hopefully the Bruins don't win the cup. New England's falling apart. You see what's going on with the Patriots. They all hate each other. So I want this to be the end for them. Let's hope the Blue Jackets beat Washington so we can root against the Penguins. Um, yeah, I just think I yeah, the Penguins are going to the Eastern Conference Final. I'll just be absolutely shocked if they're not in the Eastern Conference Final. Kiss Simmer, goodbye, kids. Hextall would be dumb not to trade him right now. No future cap space. I mean, they have plenty of future cap space. Um, it just depends on what you can get for him. I wouldn't. I won't hate it if they hold on to him and trade him at the deadline next year. Uh, if you hold them until the trade deadline, uh, you know, deadlines get deals done. You know, Thomas Tatar got a first, a second, and a third at the deadline this year. Granted, you know, Vegas has a ton of capital and is just willing to go out and spend because they're playing with house money at this point. But uh, if that's the type of prices you can get for a guy like Thomas Tatar, say Simmons was hurt all year this year and – bounces back next season and is his 30-goal self, putting goals in on the power play, doing whatever, um, winning battles, getting down low, bringing that intensity, everything we know, we've know we known Wayne Simmons to do, um, all of a sudden we'll be at the trade deadline and you can get a ton for Simmons. Of course, then if a deal doesn't get done, you know, he walks for nothing. But I wouldn't hate it if that was the thinking and they held him until not even, you know, February. Unless we can count on... Um, unless, I lost that comment, but it was unless we can count on Myers. Uh, they need to bring in a right-handed defenseman um, because Gudis is no good. He need They need to get rid of him, but then they'd have no right-handed defenseman. Uh, listen, I would... It's a great... You know, it'd be nice to have a couple right-handed defensemen, but the fact that you only have one and he's been your worst defenseman, you know, for a couple of weeks now, um, you know, if Sanheim comes in and plays the right side well, uh, I, I'd rather that than a bad right-handed defenseman. It'd be great to have some right-handed guys, but lefties can do it because lefties have been doing it their whole life. Would Simmons, a first and a prospect, be enough to get Carlson? Absolutely not. Hopefully Blue Jackets win their series against the Caps somehow and clobber the Pens. Yeah, I don't know. Mark Stone, another Wheat King. That would be a great addition. That would be fun. I love Mark Stone. That would be a great one. Chris Gratton, love Chris Gratton too. Had a Chris Gratton jersey. How do you think guys like Mike Vecchioni and Danique Martel will turn out? Also, with Sanheim's rookie season, disappointing. I was disappointing in the way they used him. Um, but I thought, you know, Travis Konechny's rookie season was disappointing, and we all saw how that turned out. And that's kind of what I'm using as a basis for Travis Sanheim. Um, it was a learning year. He he struggled at times, but I thought there was a lot more good than bad. Um, 
I wish the coach had more confidence in him, absolutely. I think that was a big part of it. Yes, his rookie season was disappointing. Um, but I don't – that doesn't change what I think he's going to be, which is a very good top four defenseman. Um I'd have interest in JVR coming back, but it would depend on other moves. If they can move Simmons for a top 4D, then yeah, I'd look hard at JVR. Simmons, uh, if Simmons went for a forward, I'd rather look at D in free agency. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much how I would look at it too there, John. Bill, does Phil Bull come back? No, absolutely not. They, Phil, I really do not see any of the free agents being brought back. I will be absolutely shocked if Manning is back, if Philpola is back. Reed obviously won't be back. They told him, you're a phantom, and look for a trade, and they couldn't find one. Brought him up at the end, and I thought he did admirably in a fourth-line role, but, uh, you know, I, I don't expect any of the free agents to be back. Uh, Holtby and Backstrom for Jake Simmer and Picks. Yeah, sure, why not? I'd do it. Bill, going to ask again, how do you think uh, Martell and Vecchioni will turn out? Um, you know, I think they're going to... I think they both have... I think they both have the potential to be guys who help out in uh, third or fourth line roles. Um, you know, we want more skilled third and fourth lines. We want uh, some players who bring more than a veteran presence, who do more than play a heavy game. We want guys who can you know, make some plays and win some matchups uh, in the bottom six and make that a weapon. And I think that's where we can utilize both of those guys um, in the, at the NHL level. Everyone left in the West has never won the cup. That is cool. Uh, can't imagine how Boston would function. Okay. Tatar was a horrible overplay. Flyers aren't that lucky to get same for Simmons. No, I agree. I'm just saying that's what that's what happens at trade deadlines is people overpay. That's just that's just what goes on. Hague is an RFA this July. Yeah, Hague is. He'll be back. I mean, all they have to do is he's not arbitration eligible, is he? He's just you throw him a tender and that's it. Where are you, Hague? Where are you? Yeah, so you just... He's not even arbitration eligible. No future space, assuming we re-sign Patrick Provey, Konechny, Sanheim in the next three. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to give Simmons that money. I'm just saying they have plenty of cap space to go out and get Tavares and do those things. Gudis will be fine without Manning? I don't think so. I, I thought Manning looked better than Gudis for a lot of this season. Uh, at least Manning is decent with the puck on his stick. Gudis just turns it over. He's killing them. He lost them the game tonight. He is as responsible as anybody else for what happened today. Uh, yeah, Coots had the torn MCL. We got to that earlier. Hey, what do you think about uh, trading Voracek? I think for the first time, it might be a possibility. I don't think they're going to, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we heard his name mentioned in some rumors this summer. That's what I'll say. Um, he's not playing on the first line. Uh, I would... Honestly, probably prefer Konechny on the power play as well, just because he shoots every now and then. Um, yeah, I just 
it, it it's hard to part with Jake Voracek because I always say like I don't want to lose a guy without upgrading, and it's really hard to upgrade off Jake Voracek. He absolutely has his weaknesses, and he can be incredibly frustrating to watch sometimes. But the guys in the league who are better than him are like superstars. So that's you know you have to replace that production somewhere as a point of game player. Um, I think it's possible. I think they could if you know you get some sort of top four defenseman. Um, or some sort of big package deal. I think you could absolutely hear Voracek's name in. Um, you could absolutely hear Voracek's name in rumors this year. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Laterra buyout would be nice. Yeah, I don't want Laterra back, but it almost feels like. What if they could just survive one more year and not buy him out and not have a cap hit for two years? Granted, it would be a much smaller cap hit than uh, than the 4.7 he'll have for just next year. But if you could just bury him or you could just get by um, without, you know, really playing him or whatever, and you just get through one more year, you know, there's your cap space. You know, it's more cap savings. Does Morozik have a shot in Philly next year? I seriously doubt it. Uh, with the amount of NHL-ready goalies we have, um, so who gets moved? I, I, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't. Th- there's no way they bring back Morozik because it's going to cost them a draft pick to resign him. Um, really depends on what happens with Neuvert first and foremost because he's under contract and he can't play 30 games. Um, you know. Elliot, he he hurt them a lot down the stretch when he when he got injured and then when he came back from injury and clearly wasn't ready. But I thought he was a lot better for them uh, than his numbers this year. I thought when he was bad, he absolutely got killed and that worked against him, like that Nashville game uh, where he just went down way too early on every single shot and they just went upstairs on him for six. Uh, yeah, he gets killed in those situations, but. Um, I thought for the most part he he was a steadying force for them. So maybe you, you know you bring him back and try to ride him for one more year, and um, maybe you're able to trade Neuvert. Although I, I just don't I just don't know who would trade for a goalie that never plays. I just I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a this is a critical off season. There are a bunch of holes. Hextall has to address some of them. This can't be another wait-and-see offseason because clearly, even with a bad coach and even with no goaltending and even with a third pair that doesn't exist and even with Yuri Laterra centering the fourth line and Val Filpola getting all this time, even with all these things, this is a team that finished third in its division, went six games with Pittsburgh, and had a successful season pretty much. Um, They were supposed to be a bubble playoff team, and they finished top three in their division. So right there, boom. Uh, that's a success. They, the young players came along, so that's a success. And you did all these things, and you still were able to uh, to get to the playoffs. And, hey, today was frustrating, but that win in game five showed me a lot about this team, a lot more than I thought they had in them. Um, you know, Couturier playing through that torn MCL, that's incredible. Uh, so I really hope Hextall recognizes that the window might be opened a little sooner if you just do a couple of things. You can continue to draft and develop, and you continue to have this patient approach while also maybe spending money, maybe making a couple of trades. You know, this team needs a top four defenseman. This team needs a center. This team needs a goalie. Hopefully Carter Hart's that goalie. Um, I don't know how you fill the stopgap until then. I don't know if you have faith in Brian Elliott still. Uh, There's a lot of X factors too, and we're going to learn a lot more, I think, about Ron Hextall's thought, thought process uh, this offseason than we have in the past. Someone talking about Ryan O'Reilly, that would be absolutely incredible. If they could get Ryan O'Reilly, I'd start dancing. Um, I think Hextall has been very patient. It's okay with me. This summer I want to see some additions to the roster of good talent. No more stop gaps or fringe guys to buy time. Yeah, I really don't want to see a Dale Wee signing. I don't want to see that kind of any sort of that Boyd Gordon nonsense, uh, you know, uh, like a, a veteran Johnny Oduya-type defenseman who's going to be your seven. Like, no, that should just – then just – no. Bring in some guys who can play, who can help the guys who are here, because the guys who are here and who factor into the future are gonna are very good, and 
they drug a team with a, half of its roster that isn't very good, you know, into the playoffs. So just get these guys some help, and suddenly we're looking at uh, we're looking at a pretty damn good team. All right, guys, uh, that's all the time I've got for you today. Thank you so much for hanging out all season. Thanks for all your support of BSH Radio. Uh, everything we do, we just get nothing uh, but positive feedback, and it's all because of your great support that we're able to do it. Uh, we'll be recording a show again on uh, on Monday, so usual day we'll be recording our show. Uh, for Patreon subscribers, we're going to be doing some stuff this week, uh, kind of catching up on the on the first round and all sorts of stuff, so we'll be getting that out to you, yelling about sports. Uh, we'll bring that back uh, soon uh, for all of you who've been waiting patiently for that. Thank you. Uh, it was a fun year, guys. I had a great time doing this with you after pretty much every game. It was it was a lot of fun all season. So we're going to do some Q&A stuff. We'll do some Facebook Live stuff during the offseason. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll hang out and watch some games, uh, some late-night West Coast playoff games or something together. We'll figure it out. We'll do some Q&As like we did last summer. Uh, just different stuff, keep everyone engaged. But it's been a lot of fun. Disappointing end of the season, but... It was a crazy season, uh, and I'm glad we all got to hang out and enjoy it together. So for the last time this season, this is the end of Broad Street Hockey Radio's Facebook Live postgame. Have a great week, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.